Hey there, this is Carrie Schaefer, also known as author Carrie Ann King, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Secrets, where I get to take you off the page with the people who make the books we all love to read. Tell Me Your Secrets is produced from live stream video and is owned and copyrighted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Broadcasting Network. everybody, Carrie here with Tell Me Your Secrets. I have completely abandoned the whole Carrie Schaefer versus Carrie Ann King thing. I got tired of being two people and it was confusing. So from now on, I am just Carrie, whichever Carrie you prefer to follow, that's cool with me. Uh, Carrie Schaefer or Carrie Ann King. A word about Tell Me Your Secrets. Um, I've noticed we've been getting a whole bunch of new followers on the show, and I had a suspicion that some of you are coming to me from the Netflix Tell Me Your Secrets. And I think we were here first, so I, I just want you to know this has nothing to do with the Netflix show. I am here to have a great conversation with authors. And today we have the fabulous and awesome Steve Manchester joining us. Uh, Steve and I talked a little bit before the show, and I know you guys are going to really, really like this guy. So here's some things to tell you. We have here a man with military background who's been Desert Storm, who has been an investigator in a prison system, and who writes these sensitive books about romance and life and um, emotions. So how cool is that? I think it's really awesome. Steve has been writing for, I think he can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to bring him on here in just a minute. He's been writing for 25 years. He has written 17 books, novels, and a couple nonfictions. I'm going to bring him on here in a minute, and then he can correct everything I've said wrong. And um, also has seven bestsellers out of all of that. So how fantastic is that? We're going to be talking partly about his new book, The Menu, today, and some life stuff as well. So that's all about me, and I'm going to bring Steve on here so he can, you know, tell you the truth instead of, you know, lies I may have inadvertently told you. <laughs> Hi, Steve. <laughs> Hi, Carrie. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Hey, I'm so happy to have you. I forgot to tell you this when we were talking. It's so hilarious with the Tell Me Your Secrets. I, I began getting all these random follows, and the show's not even active. And I was like, what's going on? Wow. And then my Viking actually said, did you know that there's this new Netflix show called Tell Me Your Secrets? It's really popular. So oh, wow. I figure, you know, there may be a little confusion going on. Yeah, maybe it'll Maybe it helps, too. Yay! Hey, if, if you're here for that, stick around. Um, yeah, absolutely. We've got Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Michelle's here. She says hi to us. So, Steve, did I get the did I get the stuff right? You've been writing for about you're 25 right. years. Yeah, and... about 25 years. I served in the first Gulf War, and um, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, you know, I'd always wanted to be a writer. My grandfather was an amazing storyteller. He was an old swamp Yankee. You know, the whole rock and chair thing, New England. Um, but he had planted a seed in me that I didn't realize. And I get to the Gulf War and I actually flipped a Humvee. It was a pretty traumatic accident. Uh, and I was stuck there for about three hours. But it was a turning point for me. And the, t uh, the decision was life's too short. I need to chase this dream down and become a, a published author. 
Oh my gosh, Steve. So I, I just a little bit more about that. So I'm trying to get my mind around it, you know, altogether. I know for me, I had um, a, a life event too. Like I'd always wanted to be a writer and I meant to be, but I right. never got around to being really serious. And for me, it was a life event also, um, that, that was very sudden and, and dramatic. And so I think sometimes those things come to us as blessings, right? Yeah, I, I, mean, I agree with that. Yeah. It's, it's strange to say that. I mean, I, I look back now and I think, you know, one of the lowest points of my life became one of the greatest blessings. Right. Um, but right. you know, there's always, there's always that crossroad, right? You could take the left or take the right. I, I really did, you know, take the road, which I think was more challenging, but I'm glad that I did because it, it, it created, you know, 20, 30 years of life worth living. Right. So were you, were you injured, you know, enough in that accident that you were sent yeah. home or? No, no, not at all. We were medevaced out, but I was with my platoon sergeant who was a Vietnam vet and we were traveling from uh, Iraq at the time it was uh, still occupied. So at night the Republican guard were coming out and I was, I was a military police squad leader. So I was, you know, very well trained and I was, you know, I had some experience, but I'm, you know, I'm 23 at the time, which is an old man, right. When you're in the service uh, <laughs> and we were almost into Saudi Arabia when we hit a dust storm. And once we get into this dust storm, I hit a boulder with the right front tire and spun wow. this Humvee like a top. But I, fortunately I was thrown from the vehicle. Um, and it took about three hours for the allied forces to find us and my platoon, my platoon, but Probably what happened was the uh, we landed on the roof and the antenna uh, got crushed, right? So I couldn't call for help, and oh, man. it was yeah, it was pretty traumatizing. But again, I look back and I think it really did change the way that I see the world, right? And and uh, you know, time is very precious, and it has been since that moment. Right, right. Well, I can totally, you know, having read the menu, um, I can totally see the influence. Right. Um, of, of those sorts of events on what you write. So yeah. can can you talk a little bit about the kind of books you're writing? Because I think this is really um, interesting. I mean, it, a guy with your kind of experience and right. the things you've done, you know. Yeah. yeah, I spent 10 years working in the prison system in Massachusetts, five of those years as an investigator. So, you know, picture, picture, you know, medium security facility, you know, the high walls. We had about 1,400 inmates in there. And my job was... Um, I was basically a detective inside. So you have this sub-society that goes on, but just because they're serving time doesn't mean there aren't murders and rapes. And so we were kind of knee deep in, into all of that. But uh, in order for me to heal from the Gulf War, I needed to, I needed an outlet. So I started to write and uh, I wrote two books. I wrote a book on Desert Storm and then I wrote a book on the prison system. And what I realized is 85% of the readers in this country are female, right? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm not, looking, you know, my, my brother's out there, but it was like, in order for me to continue to do what I love, I need to reinvent myself. And I did. And the, the odd part is I now write basically tearjerker. So I write male perspective to a female audience, uh, much like Nicholas Sparks does. And my stuff is, I want to say it's probably more inspirational than, than faith-based because I try not to get into any of the religious stuff, but, um, it's kind of cool. I, you know, I'm very, very comfortable with my emotions and I know a lot of guys aren't. Um, so yeah. it's easy for me to connect uh, with a female readership really, to, I think through empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I get to try and write guys. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Right. Putting yourself that's, in those shoes. Right. That's, that's part of the, part of the, uh, what's fun about being an author is you get to pretend to be people that you're not. Exactly. And it is, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned as, as finding a way of healing, doing right. the writing. And I, I really, I find that as an author, it's, it's very 
it's very therapeutic. And right. I often find myself writing about things that I didn't mean to. Right. Um, like I, I wrote a book that my my book, A Borrowed Life, I thought it was just going to be lighthearted. It, it was. And I started okay. writing. It's like, it's going to be a book about an older woman who got pregnant and I'm going to have fun with it. And then I get into it and it's all my, a whole bunch of my own life experiences are part <laughs> right. of this novel, you know? Right. Um, but how cool so is that, right? It's yeah, cool. it's interesting how that happens. And then, and and then it, we heal through what we do. Right. And it saves, saves us money on therapy too, right? So that helps. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that helps. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so tell us, tell us a little bit about the menu. So I, it normally takes me anywhere between six to nine months to write a novel. So I become really, really efficient over the last, you know, 10 years, uh, really kind of got my own voice, my own style. Um, I, you know, I storyboard now with the menu. It's taken me almost 10 years to finish this book because I had oh, to get wow. it right. And when I started the book 10 years ago, it was basically, you know, my wife and I have raised four children. So when you talk about, you know, death and, you know, the grandparents will pass or this, this will happen, that'll happen to try to explain to children, Hey, don't worry about that. And it's, a, it's, you know, based on faith, right? So having been in the desert, the one thing, everything that I write about now is, you know, the, the, the message is you are never alone, not ever. And I believe that. And again, it's not a religious thing. It's a very spiritual faith based. I think we're all in this uh, together. So I wrote a book called The Menu, and the whole thing takes place, or it starts, and I'm not giving anything away here, but it starts with this this guy, Finn, who's standing in a cloud with God, and he's reading from a menu, and he's picking his life. And, you know, he wants courage, but God says, listen, you need to take fear as well. All right, I'll take it. They go back and forth. He finally says, I can't have any of the good without the bad, can I? So God says, pretty clever design, don't you think? He hands the menu back and says, I'll take it all. I want to experience everything. But what God tells him is, you're not, you're not going to remember any of this until you come home to me. But the premise of the book, Kerry, was, you know, people believe in the afterlife. But what if you also believe that you existed before you came here and that you had a say in, in what you were going to experience? So really what I wanted to do is kind of turn everything on its ear and give you a very different perspective and prove to my kids that, you know, we celebrate when babies are born and, you know, we grieve when people pass. But if you have any faith at all that this continues on right to where you came from, you should be celebrating that as well. And it's really me trying to break that fear for my kids. Right. Well, and what a beautiful gift to give your kids. I mean, you know, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Did you find trying to break that fear for yourself as well? Or oh, was no, that? Absolutely. Yeah. I've always, I've always contended with, I, you know, there's, there's a part of me that thinks I, you know, it's amazing to me that I'm still here. Right. When you looked at the circumstances of what happened in 1991. So I believe that I do have a purpose. There's a reason that I'm here. And for me, it's really about connecting with other people and making them feel that, you know, if I can, help somebody believe that they're not alone then i did you know i did my job no question about it right right oh we have a great question hey terry's here hi terry terry um terry is another man who's comfortable with um awesome. talking about emotions and things so terry wants to know what you think it is about your writing that resonates with women uh again i think i'd go back to the empathy i you know when i write about female characters um you know, I, I, I have a mom, I've had sisters, my wife uh, is a very strong woman. So, you know, I pay attention, right? And, and it's not hard to see, how, you know, how people feel and how they react to things. Uh, as I think from, from a, writing from a male perspective, I'm also very open. So I talk about emotions, you know, I, I'm very comfortable in my own skin. And I think it takes people a lot of years to, to get like that. Um, I think partly because of my background, my training, like, I don't really care if, if somebody knows that I cried. I'm, 
you know, I, I can own that. Right. So right. But being that being that open and saying, listen, you know, the, the same heart that makes me stand up and defend my country, you know, also makes me cry. Right. When something bothers me at a, at a very human level. So I think that resonates with with um, female readers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I suspect it probably also resonates with some male readers. You know, I that's it. Yeah. I'm I'm always big on not trying to. I know people. On, I know women who don't want to read anything like that, and I know guys who do. Um, right. But but you're right. I I always hate to acknowledge this that that women are most of the readers. <laughs> it's like yeah, come it's, on, guys. Right. I know. I know. It. Yeah. Um, Diane would like to know um, what authors you like. Oh, everything, you name it. So I, I will say this, some of the best writers that I've ever read are unpublished. You know, a lot of people don't know this, uh, who are readers, like this, this is a really brutal industry. So the rejection rate hovers around 97%. Um, so I do what I can to help, you know, younger writers, or I should say, newer writers, age means nothing to me. So I'll go to conferences, workshops, and I'll help whoever I can. And it's unfortunate that uh, there's a lot of people that won't stay at the table long enough to get that winning hand, right? Um, so a lot of what I write, believe it or not, is unpublished, but I love, you know, everything from Stephen King to, to you know, uh, Jenna Bloom is, you know, I've read some of her stuff recently. Um, you name it. I love Mitch Album. I will read Nicholas Sparks because I, I, you know, people talk about, well, I'm competing with this author. It's really, if you're smart about things, you compete with yourself, right? Uh, but a rising <laughs> tide carries all ships. So I know Nicholas Sparks' audience is really the same audience that, that I either share with him or I want. You know what I mean? Right. I probably didn't answer that question, but it was a good one. No, no, you did. You're you're good. (laughs) (laughs) You're good. No, I'm going to completely backtrack. Somebody had asked right back at the beginning, because I was interested in this, asked about your accent. So so there was one of one of our uh, people here asked about the Boston accent. So yeah. we had this conversation. I'm going to let Steve explain it. To uh, yeah. You. So I, we live about 60 miles south of Boston. So what's funny is that I live right next to a city called Fall River, which is, you know, their claim to fame is Lizzie Borden and, and the famous Axe, right? Um, but Fall River is a, was a textile industry, which was really, really big back in the day. So you're talking about a New York influence with a Boston influence, and this is the dialect that you get. So allow me to apologize to the audience now for, for the way I speak. No, no, no apologizing. <laughs> I, I'm fascinated by accents. I, I right. absolutely adore them. So it's it's very fun for me to try and figure out where they came from. And, you know, it's it's funny. My my Viking does not like accents. It's 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 hilarious to me because he will just – he won't watch anything British. He says he can't <laughs> understand a word they're saying. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so then he asked me, what did they say? And then I'm trying to translate while watching. And we all know that doesn't work out. So well. Right now, exactly. <laughs> but I do like accents. I think they're fun. I wanted to ask you about, because you have another fun thing. So you did some stand-up comedy for a little I did. bit. Tell I did. us a little bit about that. That sounds like. Uh... So years ago, I had a friend, uh, his son was ill. And at the time, uh, we didn't realize how ill, but. Um, we started to do a fundraiser every year called Laughter and Wishes, which is really cool. And we haven't been able to do it since the quarantine, but we're hoping to get back to it. But uh, it, as we, you and I were talking about, Carrie, it's so it's so easy to tell your kids, hey, listen, you know, if there's a bully, stand up to the bully, stand up to your fears, this and that. And then as you get older, you would think, you know, you start to think, well, I don't have to deal with that stuff anymore. Uh, I'd always wanted to try stand up comedy. Fortunately, again, I have a wife who's a very strong woman and very supportive. So 
you know, one day I'm, I'm talking about, well, I'm going to do, you know, I want to try this. And next thing I know, you know, she kicks the door in and, and says, hey, listen, you're going to, you know, you're doing an open mic on Wednesday. <laughs> and I have to tell you, like, I've, you know, I boarded a plane to war. I've, you know, I've walked in, inside of a prison system, right, inside of a prison battalion. Getting up on that stage was absolutely terrifying. I bet. And, uh, but awesome, right? I mean, just, you know, there's that other piece of it where it's like, this is fantastic. So, you know, because the writing, as you know, takes up so much time, I had to make a choice. I, I you know, I wasn't going to continue to do the stand-up comedy, but I did 12 shows. So I did uh, Providence, Boston. The last show I did, I opened up, there was 350 people in the audience. I did a seven minute set. And before I went on, my wife came up to me and she said, are you okay? And I said, I'm not sure, you know, what this, you know, the signs for a stroke are, but I may be, you know, one of those deals. And I, they, they announced my name. I go up to the microphone. It felt like I'd been doing it for years. And when I get back to the table to a round of applause, I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm never doing this again. And I was so happy I did it. And I was so happy that I stopped. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I really admire that. I developed a, a life philosophy about the same time that I started writing, which really was pretty much if I'm scared to do it, as long as it's not something that puts me in physical danger, right. I have to. I have to do it. They got to so, take it on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I still, I have these moments right now where I'll be going along and I think of something and I, I realize that I'll just go, Oh no, I have to do this now. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> what did I agree to? Right. 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 Yeah. And I love the idea that, you know, we knew what we were getting into before we got here. I, I'm not sure what I believe about that, but I, I like that belief. I like it a right. lot. I've played with right. it before. And, and I, I really, you know, if, if, if I knew before I came what I was kind of going to get into, then that takes that element of yeah, um, right. and that, punishment and what, or, you know, and I really like that your book, um, as you say, is spiritual rather than religious. And yeah. it, it wasn't God is punishing or right. any of that kind of thing. It's no, you know, I think, well, God in the, in the book obviously has a great sense of humor, right? He's almost yeah. like a, like a really cool dad, which, which I love, um, so the love is unconditional. I was also trying to prove that. I mean, we, yeah. you know, we walk around with so much prejudice and bias and talk about, you know, God being unconditional love. And if you believe that to be true, then you have to, you know what I mean? You have to let pretty much everything fly. So um, the cool part, I think of that premise was, and, it, and this is why it took me so many years to develop it was what God also tells him is, you know, you're going to pick your life, but everybody's going to pick their own and they don't always line up. So right. You know, as he goes through his life and he doesn't remember having picked, you know, everything from this menu, um, some of the things that he experiences with the people he loves are going through their own thing. Right. They, they you know, they're trying to fulfill their own purpose. So right. it was fun. It, you know, it was a fun ride and it was really deep yeah. uh, at, at some points. But um, I'm really happy I wrote it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so when does the book come out? The, it's called The Menu again. Yeah, it's actually, well, it came out. It actually did come out. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's already out, um, and it's you know doing pretty well right now. We've we're uh, we've aligned with hospice, um, so not. And how do I say this? So basically, you know, the book is being read by a lot of their caregivers and volunteers, so people that are working with you know okay. folks that are on their way mm -hmm. home, right? So okay. not directly with the, with the people that have cancer and you know leaving the earth, but people that are working with them. So it's kind of like you know let's try to recharge that 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 battery for you right because it's nice. emotionally exhausting right right yeah yeah it is that that's it's so beautiful you're you're a beautiful soul i'm Thank i'm really you. glad that i got to meet you I, you're doing here. 
many, many wonderful things for the world. And I, I do appreciate and love that very much. Um, so again, guys, Steve Manchester, where can people find you? You're on Facebook. As oh, yeah, I'm on Facebook. I'm on, I just joined Instagram. So my kids, you know, dragged me out of uh, the dark <laughs> ages. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well, but really, um, if, if you go to Facebook, you can find me, you know, if you, if you contact me, I promise you, I'll get back to you. It's important that I'm approachable, you know, uh, and the book is on Amazon and, um, you know, the reviews have been really, really good. And I'm, I'm excited about this project because as you know, Kerry, right, sometimes you write a book and, you know, you look at it nine months later or 15 months later and the book's already kind of, all right, what's, what's next? I think with this book, for me, um, this will be timeless, at least in my life, right? And it'll be yeah. a message that I'm going to promote throughout because, again, you know, standing in the desert as a 23-year-old soldier who felt like he just lost his parents in the mall, right? Um, mm -hmm. The message is you're not alone. And I think if people read this and feel that, then I did my job. You did your job. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's always you. good to know what your job is. So. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks again for joining us. Um, Thanks, if, if you've been listening, this has been Tell Me Your Secrets. This is one of the shows of the awesome um, Authors on the Air Broadcasting uh, Network. And I will be back again sometime, but to tell you the truth, I don't know when. So stay tuned. We'll have another guest for you soon. Thanks to those of you who were here with us live and for everybody who's listening to us later. Steve, best of luck to you. you. Same to you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Take care. And um, we'll be anxious to see what the next book is for you. Awesome. Thank you. Kevin. All right. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care.